TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome you to the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. It's the coach and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock talking sports and more. Should be a pretty good sports weekend coming up, no question about it. NFL exhibition season number two, uh, game number two rather. Oh, there's excitement for you. We got a uh, big horse race here in the city of Chicago, the Arlington Million. I know the big dog, my partner. Wouldn't know a a horse from a race car. Not a big fan, but, uh, you know, we'll bring that up a little bit. Certainly the baseball races continue to heat up. White Sox finally, finally can knock off the Minnesota Twins. And you knew this was coming. When they finally win, they were going to do it big time. They were going to do it in uh, regal fashion, if you will. And they get that done yesterday, 11 to nothing. They got that right, David Olson, score 11 nothing. I fell asleep somewhere around the 6th, 7th inning. 21 hits. didn't miss much. 21 hits. Are you kidding me? 21 hit. We could, well, I shouldn't say we could barely score any runs the first two games. We actually did score some runs. We just couldn't get any pitching. Let's welcome in the big dog, Joe Edwanski, checking in, I'm assuming, from his uh, palatial estates in Aurora, Illinois. Although with your social life, I never quite know where you might be calling us from. Uh, Coach, uh, I'd have to admit I've been on a little bit of a social downer this past week. Really? Unlike last week, which was, which was extremely good for me. Uh, but, isn't it amazing if you would have if you would have said, "Hey, you know the, the the White Sox outscored the Twins by nine runs in the series," you'd be like, "Wow, hey, they won. Yep. They probably swept." But no, they won one of the three games, so they outscored the Twins by nine runs. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I was doing the show Black and Blue City yesterday. I, I was saying that that's exactly what the White Sox needed. They didn't need a close game. They didn't need any type of like mental like. Uh, gusto of coming back and having a great victory they needed to blow out the twins and that's exactly what they did well i see i'm going to disagree with you a little bit i think uh you know they first of all they needed a win (laughs) without question yeah whether it was three to two or eleven enough yeah that was step one but i'll disagree with you a little bit now fans you want to check in talk some baseball white Sox, minnesota here in the city of chicago some other big games yesterday 888 463-6748. 463-6748. Dial it up. We'll put you on, and we'll shut the big dog up. I'll be happy to do that. Triple eight. <laughs> 463-6748. Joel, I think it would have meant more, actually, if it was a tight ball game. Because Minnesota, the first two games, won uh, one-run games. Pressure-packed one-run game. I think if the White Sox would have fallen behind, maybe come back, somehow pulled out a one-run win, that actually would have been psychologically more significant than the 11 nothing. So I will beg to differ with your highness. Okay, well, I guess what I was thinking before the game was I didn't want them in a pressure pack game because I wasn't sure if they'd be able to deal with it. I was like, they just need to blow them out. So I, I totally and completely understand where you're coming from, Coach. But uh, at least I got a W, and that's all that really matters in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mark Burley came through with a uh, quality pitching performance, and uh, Carl Pavano just absolutely got rocked as doing a bevy Oh, bullpen guys for the Twins bring on the Kansas City Royals. They got the lead down to to four games, big dog. That's, um, well, 
I, I'll state the obvious. It's a whole hell of a lot better than being six-pack at this point. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and obviously, if you're going to win one of the three games, might as well be the last one to have a little bit of momentum. Now, what the White Sox have to do is finally beat the Royals of the world. They lose to the – I mean, they, they've just been getting hammered inside the division. The Indians have beat them soundly all year long. The Royals, I know, have a winning record against the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and obviously, the Twins have – what they're five and – they're five and ten against the Twins. If the West Sox could ever handle their business in the division, instead of being four down, they'd be ten up right now. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. So when they play the Royals this weekend, I don't know about getting a sweep. That would be really good for them. But they must win this series, coach. Yeah, the must-win series. So. By the way, uh, not that it's a part of the must-win scenario, but there's a rumor spreading around uh, Facebook Inc that our good friend, uh, ex-co-host, WGN's very own sports producer for David Kaplan, and more importantly, a good friend of the show, Mark Carmen, now working out in Kansas City, one of the games. Maybe it's are the Sox home this weekend, or is it at KC? It's, I'm, I'm 99% sure it's at Kansas City. Okay, well, because the Facebook rumor is that Mark Carmine, Carmine might be singing the uh, seventh-inning stretch at the Royals-White Sox game. You're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> not known for his singing voice, and I don't know if it has the tradition in Kansas City uh, that it has, you know, at Wrigley Field, certainly, the seventh inning stretch. If it, I don't know. It's a good question. In other parks, I mean, everybody has the seventh well, inning stretch, but, but do, do, they don't have guest people sing the seventh inning stretch at other parks, do they? Well, no, no, just, just at a few parks. Like, at the parks where it really matters, where it's a gigantic honor. They talk about like Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. uh, Alexi Stadium down in uh, Alexian Stadium in Schaumburg. I mean, if you get to sing it there, wow. it's one of the h- highest moments of your life. Alexi Ramirez, <laughs> Alexi Ramirez has a stadium named after him already. Alexian Field. Alexian. Oh, oh I got to. You and I got to sing the, yeah. the take rest of the ball game yeah, there. So. Yeah. The highest honors. If any of our listeners are wondering why Joel said that. We did get the highest honor, and I think uh, we probably gave the lowest performance for a high honor. Well, no, no, no don't say we. You should say you. <laughs> uh, Dave Olson, basically what happened was Coach and I are supposed to go sing, take me out to the ball game with Frank and Beans Barber. And as soon as we get up there, Frank and Beans I mean, and, and Coach basically walk away, and I get stuck <laughs> singing it by myself. I was not very happy about that. At, at least I did not break uh, – I stayed in queue, which was bad. Couple of but, beverages. You, know, like, you singing horrible. Yeah, yeah, Frankie Beans Barber, by the way, one of our uh, co-hosts, good friend of the program on our previous radio show. The three of us were invited up, not as part of the TalkZone.com, but uh, back on our old radio show. And basically, they gave me the microphone, and then at the moment of truth, I basically shoved it in front of Joel's face, and Joel had no choice but to uh, lead us and take me out to the ball game. And uh, me and Frank stood there and. We didn't laugh. exactly shut. We gave you a quiet assistance. Yeah, you laughed, basically, while I did it. I wasn't very happy about that, Coach. <laughs> but, you know, Carmen, Carmen, will he knows he's bad and he can't sing. Yeah. He'll be awesome. Awful or awesome? Awesome. Okay. I mean, no one has ever been chosen to do the do take me out to the ballgame because they could sing. And if the person was chosen because they could sing, it was because they were extremely popular and everybody loved them. You know what I mean? You don't go, oh, who's the best singer? Let's, let's have them lead this course. Because the last thing you want is somebody who can actually sing because then nobody yeah. else will sing. You need somebody that's horrible yeah. to sing. That's what Harry Terry always used to say. The reason why so many people joined in was because his voice was so bad. 
It's an interesting theory. Audience participation brings the crowd together. Speaking of crowds, diminishing crowds at uh, Chicago Cubs games, they get swept by San Diego yesterday at a rather nondescript game, 5-3. to three. But uh, back to the White Sox game. So you're calling it a must-series win against Kansas City. I'm assuming what you're saying, Big Dog, over the weekend, minimum. Minimum two out of three if they're going to stay in the race. Yeah, for the simple fact, too, is this team needs to start beating up the teams they're supposed to beat. Okay, Coach, you know what? It, uh, for some reason, this team has played well against the Red Sox, the Angels, the uh, the Rays this year. Why can't they beat the Indians and the, and the Royals? So if they're going to win this division, there's nothing wrong with being the big bully on the block and, and taking care of the Kansas City Royals, mm-hmm. who have traded away a bunch of their players and have injuries to their best players, too. So yep. basically it's Billy Butler and a bunch of nobodies right now. To so, some extent, uh, see if you're with me here, to some extent, unfortunately for Ozzie Gein and the Chicago White Sox, some of the pennant race in if they can finish the deal is out of their control, Big Dog, because the bottom line is even if the White Sox play well down the stretch, if the Minnesota Twins continue at the pace and rate that they have been the last month and a month and a half, and they may likely do that because Morneau and and Joe Mauer are back healthy again. But if Minnesota keeps playing the baseball that they are, even if the White Sox play good, it's, it's, it's season over. The Twins are going to win that division. So to some extent, yeah. it's out of the White Sox control. Yeah, and they have nobody to blame but themselves because of this, because they have lost a lot of games like a typical Cub team would lose games. And so they have nobody to blame but themselves. So if if they're going to get back in it, they have to beat the teams like the Royals because you know the Twins are not about to flop. Mm-hmm. So even if the Twins cool off, the, the Sox will definitely have the chance. So might as well take advantage of it. Right. And speaking of ways to lose games yesterday, Uh-oh. Did, did you happen to see how uh, Will Venable scored yesterday against the Chicago Cubs? Uh, you the, we're talking about the rundown situation where we tagged one runner out and then while appealing to the umpire, the venerable Will Venable stole home. Yes. Unbelievable. He got a fielder's choice out of it, is from what I understand. But I yeah. would have to give him a steal home on that play. That that was just downright embarrassing. That was that pretty much epitomizes the Cubs season. Yep. Every player should have just basically taken their pants, pulled them around their ankles, put their thumb <laughs> in their mouth, and walked around the bases at that point for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. And uh, Giovanni Soto post game, he did pull his pants up. And took his finger out of his mouth, and he took the full blame for it. Well, they, they, I, I, why did he have to do it, considering that he's on the disabled list and Coye Hill was Oh, I'm sorry. Catcher Coye Hill, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, excuse me, Coye Hill. He doesn't even pronounce his name right. That's what's wrong with him. I go Coye. Well, you should, because he spells it K-O-Y-I-E. Why is it Coye? It rhymes with oi. Oi. <laughs> No, you call him Koye Hill because it sounds like more of a ball player. David, I used to say, uh, Joel, I'm a big thing. Uh, I've got a big psychological thing with names in sports. I always said Joel was a football player. If you go Joel Radwanski, eh, you're an okay high school player. But simply by the spelling's the same, but by the changing the emphasis, if you go Joel Radwanski, Suddenly, Joel Radwanski, your skin's a little darker. You're running a little bit faster. You could have been a mid-level Division One college player if you went by Joel Radwanski. Just my well, personal theory. Actually, if I did bring my back, that probably would have had a little bit to do with it. Or I could just be dating an Eastern European girl. <laughs> Joel, why do you not eat the breakfast? 
Joel. Joel. That doesn't make sense. No, thank you. Thank you very much. You could, you could pretty much play that sound bite throughout the show, David. Keep that one handy, by the way. You might want to use that early and often. All right. Uh, well, all right. So you're saying that play symbolized the entire Cubs season, basically. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It. I mean, really. And, and, and that's about as low as it can get. And I haven't heard it yet, but from what I understand, Ron Santo lost it at that moment. I, I hear one of the best Ron Santo blow-ups ever. You know, first of all, there's a lot of contention for the worst Ron Santo blow-ups ever. Brant Brown will be happy to uh, tell you about that, and we'll have to see. Maybe we can get that on YouTube or a little video cut feed on that, because I'm sure. That was got to be good. I am sure it's entertaining. How'd you like to be the Cub announcer? I'm sure there's a lot worse jobs in the world, but how'd you like to be Uh, the Cub? I think I'll be more than happy to describe baseball right now getting paid about ten grand. a Yeah. You're right. Thanks almost almost halfway through my statement, I realized, you know what, there's a lot of people out of work right now and people that are working fighting to make fifteen, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000, a lot more people to feel sorry for. Having said that, it still can't be real easy the next over a month, month and a half still, of baseball to be announcing Chicago Cub games. Pat Hughes and Ron Santo are going to have to do um, yeoman's work to keep things interesting. Yeah, can you imagine they're, they're doing a – a Sunday afternoon game at 1:20 against the Astros, while the while the Chicago Bears are lining up against the Green Bay Packers. Yep. And all those, you know, Patrick Hughes would be like, "We'd like to say hello to to Sharon and Bill Wachowski out there in Arlington Heights, <laughs> and uh, we're also like to say hi to Jim and and Sarah Kamafajus of of Iowa, because you four people are the only ones <laughs> listening to this particular ball game. Oh. I mean, really. Who's going to be listening to the Cubs on a Sunday as soon as the Bears start? Hey, WGN, Chicago's very own, Big Dog. Hey, hey, I'm not ripping WGN. I love the plays. Yep. I love the Cubs. I love Pat Hughes. love Ron Santo. But, it's, I mean, there's, there, there comes a time in this particularly painful season. But, you know, I said it, I said it April 1st, didn't I, Coach? So they spent $144 million on the team, and right now they have five rookies in the bullpen. Yep. Well, what what happened to this particular year? Those they have Marshall and Marmol have had been awesome, have been incredible. Marshall not yesterday, but uh, consistently all year those guys have been extremely good, almost all star caliber. And yet, ever the other the parade of the, whoever other the five other guys are, mm-hmm. including a Bob Howry thrown in every once in a while, yikes, have not been good. Bob Howry, please. And now I'll I'll give you credit, no question about it. Again, our phone number here open. Uh... For phone calls, operators sitting by as we speak. Our operators don't stand by. They sit by. we got some lazy operators, but we do the best we can. You can dial it up at 888-463-6748. Talk a little baseball with the coach and the big dog. we got football coming up. we got a little fishing coming up, horse racing, and we'll go off the sports page, too, and talk a little uh, sports guys, talk politics and current events as well. But um, now I completely forgot what we were talking. What, what was your comment that you just made? Well, just uh, the, the how bad the Cubs bullpen is, and we. we oh yeah, can no, get no, I was I was going to give you credit because you called it back on April first, March thirty first, whatever it was, when uh, the predictions were coming out. A lot of us, myself included, were caught up into the uh, preseason uh, hype, if you will. And most teams are optimistic at that time of year, thinking their team is going to do pretty good. You called it right off the bat, big dog. Even as a passionate Cubs fan, you said this is going to be most likely a brutal year for the Chicago Cubs. You were right on target. Kudos to you. 
Yeah, and, and that's the reason why I haven't taken it to heart. You know, the only thing that I've taken to heart this year is the fact that I, because of Black and Blue City, the you know the the show I've had to uh, back this team all year. And, and I told both these guys, I'm like, you know, I'm acting because this team is garbage. <laughs> you know, and uh, and you know, there's like we said, there's a lot of class acts, <laughs> a lot of nice guys on this particular team. Yep. You know, you know what I mean. But I, I don't want that coach. And I know we differ in this totally. All these Cub guys, like the Ryan Terrios, the Fontenos, the Derek Lees, uh, Marlon Bird, Kosuke Fukudome, they all seem like really, really, really nice guys. Too bad that all, all the, almost all those guys, except the one that I said they had a horrible year. You know, and, and I almost would rather have guys that I, I had disdain for that would actually win. Because, you know, you look mm-hmm. back at the 1985 Bears. Okay, Walter Payton, class act. Steve McMichael, pain in the butt. Yep. Okay. Jim McMahon, even a bigger pain in the butt. Richard Dent, pain in the, in the left gluteus maximi. Dennis McKinnon, that I have a personal reason why I don't like that dude. Silky you know, D? Silky D. I, have, I don't like that dude whatsoever. There's all these pains in the butt, but you know what? They're beloved. I would, I would be more than happy to begrudgingly like a team that actually uh-huh. won on the north side. I know you don't agree with that, Coach, right. but at this point, I would just rather have them see him win because as far as I'm concerned, those guys could care less about me whether they're good guys or bad guys anyway. Yeah, so. I do disagree with you, but I do remember back at your tender age a couple of decades ago, I was more in sync with your thought processes. I've noticed as I've aged and more stories come out about pro athletes, I have changed my thought process. And obviously I want my team to win. But you know what? I want to root for guys that I like. Yeah, they, they don't have to be mellow, but yeah, I would like Marlon Birds and Derek. I want, if my team wins, I want it to be a likable team. I want to root for them, not a bunch of uh, bad attitude guys who happen to put up some W's. No, no, I, I understand. Winning, totally winning is overrated. Because if you, if you remember, like that '04 Cubs team, what a bunch of pain in the asses those team were, that team was. They're all complaining. Oh, Chip Carey and, and Steve Stone are ripping us. Yeah, because you guys are blowing games. They're telling it like who, it is. They who are, who are some who are some of the 04 Cubs? Give me some names that were. Okay, well, the, Kent Merker is the first one to come to mind because he was the one that threatened yep. Steve Stone with his life. Do you remember that? Yes. Did he, he called up to the uh, press box during the game. Yes, yes, because yep. like, he was watching it in the clubhouse. Because yep. you guys have been stinking it up and blowing baseball games. But if you, if you go around uh, all those guys, uh the, the uh, Mark Pryor, what a pain in the butt that guy was. Okay, that is a, leave, like not signing autographs, leaving. Really, he was a jerk. Uh, then you, I mean, I'm not going to blame Kerry Wood whatsoever for uh, no, because he was actually a stand-up individual. Yeah, but you know, Ramos Ramirez, I got to be honest with you, he fits into the uh, into the category. So. But you remember back in 2004, you bring up the name Mark Pryor. Back then, the Cub fans were laughing, literally laughing, calling up sports talk radio and, and, and chiding the Minnesota Twins about the fact that they wouldn't pay for America's next superstar pitcher, Mark Pryor, and they had to settle for the local kid, Joe Mauer. You remember that? Oh, uh, Coach, I was one of them. Okay, yep. and, if you, and, and if you think about this, Think about it. Not only were they right in not drafting Pryor because he broke down, not only were they right in not drafting Pryor because he ended up being a tool. And if anybody knows the stories about Mark Pryor off the field, the guy was a tool. Okay? It's karma. He got what he deserved, Coach, the way he treated people off the field. 
Okay, and and then well, they end up taking this Joe Mauer kid who ends up being possibly the best player in the American League for the last five or six years. Seriously, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going that off base by saying he's. It, there, there's no player in the American League that's had a better last five or six years, especially when you consider his numbers and the fact that he's a catcher. Oh, and by the way, he's the best offensive catcher in the game of baseball. And because they took Mauer, they traded A.J. Perzinski, and you know who they got in that trade, Coach? I'm almost afraid to ask. Let me give you a couple names. Okay. Boof Bonzer. Boof. Okay, that one didn't pan out so well, but at least they got a guy. Don't sell yourself shoot. Boof, Boof Bonzer had some big moments. Okay. Francisco Lariano. Do you what? think he's panned out at all? Never heard of him. <laughs> Joe Nathan. Overrated. You know, so I know Francisco Lariano and Joe Nathan both have missed at least a season Wait, are due you, to arm injuries. Are you but telling me the White it, the White Sox traded Lariano and the San Francisco Giants? The traded, Giants did. The San Francisco Giants traded the Twins, Joe Nathan, Francisco Lariano, Lariano, and Booth Bonzer for AJ Przinsky. And the only wow. reason why they got rid of AJ Przinsky was wow. because they had Joe Mauer. So think about it: if they draft Mark Pryor. So, by the way, the Cubs wouldn't have taken Joe Maurer. They would have taken Marcus Chera, by the way, just mm-hmm. to let everybody out there know that. Joe Maurer would have fell to, like, number 15. Seriously. Yeah. He would have gone maybe even later than 15, they say. Yeah, but, but if we had... Was, he, it wasn't just Cubs fans. The rest of baseball were like, you're taking some kid just because he's from the area? There's actually been talk that the Twins could have got him in the second round. Seriously, Coach. It's, it's, Joe Maurer was one of the most controversial picks, number one overall ever in the history of baseball, and he might be the best number one overall pick besides Ken Griffey yeah. Jr. Minnesota, not exactly the hotbed for high school and the collegiate baseball, but they uh, definitely nailed it correct with Joe Maurer. But, uh, you know, looking at it the other side, if the Cubs would have picked Joe Maurer, we would never have been able to open the show talking about Koye Hill. So look at it that way. Yeah, you have an excellent point, Coach. That's so, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, the Cubs wouldn't have taken him. They would have taken uh, Georgia Tech's Mark Teixeira. Which would have panned out. Not he still bad. would have been a Cub, and we would have loved uh-huh. him. We'd be like, he's the only guy in the team that drives and runs. He wins the gold gloves, and they mm-hmm. continue to suck. Yeah. By the way, one of the uh, nice guys you were talking about, uh, Derek Lee, traded. A couple of days ago from the Chicago Cubs, guess which teams comes trucking into town today? The Atlanta Braves. How weird is that going to be for Wrigley Field fans to uh, see D. Lee wearing the uh, tomahawk of the Atlanta Brave? How much do you want to bet that he either hits a major home run yep. or gets the game-winning RBI in today's game? How much do you want to bet, Coach? All, almost a guarantee. To ha- if it doesn't happen today, it will happen sometime over the weekend. I'm with yeah, you. He, yeah, he's going to play, he's going to have a gigantic series. Yep. He's actually going to die for a ball for the first time all season long. Take it easy. You think Carlos? <laughs> you think Carlos? Uh, that's a cheap shot, by the way. Derek Lee dies for a lot no, of no, balls. No, it's not a cheap shot. It's the truth. No, it's not. He's an excellent, excellent defensive first baseman. Well, not this year. He hasn't been. Okay, you think Carlos Zambrano, if he's pitching, and he probably won't because he threw yesterday, it'd be an interesting matchup to watch uh, Big Z going up against D. Lee. That would be the most interesting thing for a Cub fan this whole entire season right now. What mm-hmm. else do we have? All we have to look forward to is whether Starlin Castro can win the National League batting title. And, yes, folks, I just said that. Could, could you believe I just said that, Coach? Well, I can Castro, because... Starlin Castro is yep. only 10 points behind Yep. One player for the National League batting title lead right now. Yeah, he just got enough uh, at-bats to become official, what, about a week ago? Yeah, yeah. so he has a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that is just seeing which rookies aren't horrible. 
And well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not ripping these guys, and I'm not ripping that the fact that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what, if you, I don't know how many prospects that you bring up to the major leagues that actually make it. So the Cubs have 10. They're going to probably bring up 10 more. So out of those 20 guys, hopefully they can find four really good major league players is yeah. what I'm hoping, Coach. Yeah. And the only thing you can have in your mind as a player, as a coach, as a fan, and again, we're going to take a quick break, switch off of baseball in a second, 888 Dial it up. you got some thoughts on MLB, big series coming up over the weekend. We'll talk about some of the other games, too. But as a fan or player or coach, if you're a member of the Cubs right now in any way, shape, or form, Big Doug, you just have to play the game before you and enjoy the victory of the day in a sense. And you've heard me say this before. It is competition at its purest. No chance to make the playoffs, no chance to win the World Series, but just think of it as your team playing another team at the highest level, Major League Baseball, and just try to win that game and enjoy the victory of that particular game. To me, that's the only way you can survive the last month and a half. And I don't want them to survive. I want them to, I want Henry to put pressure on these kids to win and Canella to put pressure on these kids to win. So, you know, they don't think they're just playing out the schedule to try to make the team for next year. I I want them to see if they could figure out how to win games. Yeah. For the the nice reason that you say, and also for the hard, callous reason of, I want to find out how many of these kids can actually play the game of baseball. Yeah. Continue to compete. That's what we're talking about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't just play. You can find players anywhere, but it's hard to find competitors. Play to win, compete, and again, no chance of a championship, no chance of the play. Just go out on that individual day. I don't care if you're playing the Cleveland Indians or the Philadelphia Phillies. It's your team against their team for two and a half or three hours. Win the game and take some uh, solace in that victory. Yeah, and if you're a Solis? catcher, make sure to – and you have the ball and there's a runner at third, make sure that you make sure he doesn't steal home. <laughs> Thank you for that advice. That's for all the young kids out there, right? Yes, and yeah. please. The cardinal rule, don't leave home plate with the baseball. Yeah. All right. By the way, for all the young kids out there, when we do come back from the break, we're going to take a quick one. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Kids go back to school starting next week, Big Doug. When we come back from the break – You are a man who have experienced the highs and lows and everything else in between during your grade school and junior high years. If you would, a few do's and a few don'ts, some suggestions for the young kids out there, courtesy of the big dog. Could you do that for a brother? Oh, I've got plenty, Coach. Got plenty. Show's over at 11. We'll take a quick break. Back in a minute, David Olson, man who graduated fifth grade two years ahead of schedule. It's unbelievable. Our producer today, back in a minute, TalkZone.com.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Still don't like that guy, David Olson. I don't know who he is, but our voiceover guy, every time I hear it more and more, it is quite clear it is here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Clearly big dog. More excited about you than me, and I take that as a personal affront. You know, uh, it's kind of funny when I, I mentioned it and complained about it. Dave Olson got a change. You must have uh, yes. eat him, him off or something like yeah. that. Well, you know, he has to see me each and every day. I'm a little more annoying. You, via the phone, you haven't ingratiated yourself to him as much as I have. That's the only excuse I can use. Let me throw this out to you. We mentioned a lot of kids going back to school starting next week. I'll throw it out as a daily quandary to our listeners out there. We tend to do our daily quandary more often than not. We do it every day when we remember to do it. 888-463-6748. Through your grade school, junior high, and high school years, did you have one year when it was a particularly bad year? Not a bad teacher. Things happened to you. Just a rough year in general. Maybe some, maybe some people don't have one that stands. I know for me, third grade. Third grade was that particular year. I, I can explain in a reason, but we'll throw that out to the listeners. If you had one particular bad year, what happened? What year was it? What grade was it? Big Dog, you said you had some suggestions for the kids out there, and I'm sure you had more than a few bad years in school. Yeah, I, I had – so when I throw these suggestions out there, I want to just let everybody know I had a bunch of bad years. Fourth grade, one time I pooped my pants on accident. What grade? Fourth grade. In in class? Yeah, pooped my pants on accident. Was it a verbal poop in the pants? Yeah, that, that, exactly. It's, it's, what, it was, I thought it was something else. It happened to be something else. And I was like, uh-oh. Okay. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, at, like, at it the wasn't time, like I was a child doing it. It was just one of those things that, you know, hey, it's gonna, you know, make a noise in class. Oh, that wasn't a noise. Okay, you know what I'm saying, Coach? <laughs> Fourth grade, that's not good. No, no. That's no. not good. You no, first, you know, kindergarten. Luckily, only a couple, luckily only a couple guys noticed what had happened. Okay, so I okay. didn't really get the nickname that rhymes with quitter, if you know what I mean. <laughs> luckily, that did not happen to me. But, but still, I had to deal with that that year. Seventh grade, extremely bad. Freshman year, not so good. That, that was a long year all the way around for me, Coach. Really? So What happened freshman year? Well, first of all, I, I broke my hand. Okay. So I missed like the first like four games of a football season, mm-hmm. and then they moved me up to varsity, and then I got absolutely pounded and picked on when I was playing varsity football after playing only two freshman football games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I really don't think they should have moved me up there, but you know. So and then I had a colic. Do you know what a colic is in your hair? You yeah. had the afro. Well, I had the colic, and I couldn't do anything about it. I wasn't exactly. Uh, you know, the best-looking dude in the world my freshman year. I, it was just this is a bad, bad year. Okay, uh-huh. I got suspended for writing something on a desk. It's everything that See? could possibly go wrong went that's, wrong. That's what we're talking about. What year was it for you, uh, the listener out there? I want to hear from you at 888-463-6748. Sounds like a number of things went wrong for the big dog his freshman year. You want to email us, by the way, you can do that also at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C in the number two, mike Two guys at AOL.com, but I'm assuming after your freshman year, Big Dog, knowing that you were a near valedictorian your senior year, 
I'm going to assume things got better sophomore, junior, senior year. I, I had a 1.18 grade point average through Donald's Grove North. I got straight D's every single class that I had. Oh, so, one. so when we say near valedictorian, we are stretching the truth just a wee bit. No, I was near the valedictorian. As a matter of fact, I dated her. So <laughs> I was definitely near her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. So, nice, uh, nicely played. Uh, well, no, that, that's actually, I wasn't kidding. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, my sophomore year, phenomenal, because all of a sudden, those same guys that picked on me when I was a freshman playing football, all of a sudden, I'm a sophomore playing varsity, and they all of a sudden realized that might not might not pick on the guy that was starting ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And then junior year was absolutely phenomenal for me. That was a great year. And then uh, senior year, everybody has a great senior year. So it, it, my freshman year was about as bad as it could possibly get. I'm probably forgetting a bunch of other stuff that happened, but mm-hmm. I made up for it over the course well, of the that's, next That's a little years. rough. You missed your first four games. You got a bro- was it a broken hand, you said? I broke my hand, yes. Broken hand. You missed four games of football. You make your way back finally. And, oh, by the way, we're going to promote you to the varsity. It's like, what? Yeah, and wow. I didn't start. They just put me on the kickoff team. Uh-huh. You know, and they're like, and then all the other seniors and sophomore juniors, there's, I was the only one that wasn't a junior senior. They're like, you know, what is this guy doing here? And like this one guy, Darren, hey, well, you, you have your first one going to take my job? Oh my goodness, coach. They tried to kill me. They legitimately, my life was hell. Okay. I can't even mm-hmm. explain those last, uh, it was the last three weeks of the football season. I legitimately, I was like, if I can make it through this, I will make it through anything. I, I, I don't know. I was, uh, picked on extremely bad is the best way for me to say it. And that's why I don't bully people. That's why I don't pick on people because I, I went through it as a freshman playing mm-hmm. with all them jerk seniors. It was funny because the next year as a sophomore, the same guys that were a junior that were now seniors, they realized that I wasn't to be picked on anymore. Do you know what I mean, Coach? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty nice. Well, usually the hazing only lasts for a year, and uh, as opposed to when you played a, more than a few years ago, there are now a severe restrictions and a lot more notori- notoriety, a lot more awareness of the dangers of hazing. So I would think high school teams, I'm sure there's still some minor form of hazing that goes on for the young kids that get brought up to the varsity, but there's a lot stricter rules, big dog. The coaches address it. you got to be real careful what you do in hazing. Yeah, I didn't get hazed as much as, okay, so we're going half speed now. No, not when they were going against me. You know what I'm saying, Coach? Mm-hmm. It seemed like everybody decided to try to act like they were uh, Lawrence Taylor when they were going <laughs> against me. So, but it toughened me up, buddy. I'm not kidding you. It it made me a football player. There's no question about it. That's so. the old expression. What doesn't kill you makes you makes stronger. You stronger. No yes. question about it. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. We uh, wish good luck to all the kids heading back to school. Some of the college kids have already. Uh, Move back in. There might be some kids driving on the roads right now, Big Dog, listening to our particular show that are heading to their particular collegiate institution. It is that time of year. We want to wish everybody a good, uh, solid academic year and behave yourself. Don't get in any trouble if we could play parents over the air, right? Well, get in a good type of trouble, okay? Yeah. Get in good trouble. Don't You know, the type of stuff that... When your your parents lock the door, they can actually laugh that you did it, okay, mm-hmm. even though they have to punish you. Don't yeah. do the type of stuff where they have to be con- concerned about if they're going to have to mortgage the house for bail, Yeah. okay? And get there, in- there is a big difference. Get involved. Get involved. That would be one suggestion oh. I would give the kids, be a junior high, high school, or college. There are so many clubs and activities 
the uh, I mean, the high school that my kid goes to now has more clubs and groups and special interest activities than our college did when I went to Illinois. It's unbelievable. So whatever your interest is, I would argue that your college, your high school, your junior high career is going to be a whole lot more fun beyond the academia, beyond the sports. If you get involved in clubs and activities and service groups, you meet more people. You enrich your lives. You have more fun. You're just more energetic. I think that's one of the keys to your academic experience, Big Dumb. You know, Coach, if I do it all over again, I would definitely get into more clubs. Because, you know, I look back at it now, it would always be like two fat kids and like 18 girls in one of those clubs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah, we were. So if I could do it again, yep. you know. I would definitely, definitely get involved we, in one of those clubs. We laughed at them back then. Yeah, yeah, we're laughing at them. Now with the, with the wisdom of perspective, we are not laughing anymore. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Maybe a debate it's, team. A woman will date an ugly dude. You know, it doesn't usually happen the other way around. You know, our high school, we went to freshman orientation, David Ols. Here's how many clubs they actually have. High school. A cheese club. Get an, out of here. An after-school cheese-tasting club. Are you kidding me? I thought it was a joke. A cheese club. Go figure. Anyhow, for me, by the way, Big Dog, real quick before we get back to the sports, third grade. I was a pretty shy, pretty quiet, pretty nondescript, uh, you know, down the middle of the road kid. But for some reason, third grade, my teacher had branded me. I don't. Have you heard of the studies where if teachers get reports on kids and what type of kid they are, you will. they tend to teach you that way, and you almost start living out the expectation. You know where I'm going with that? You've heard? Yeah, yes, I understand. You've heard studies regarding that? In other words, you could take, they've done studies, you know, kid A and kid B could be the exact type of kids academically. But if they tell the teacher before the start of the year that kid A has these high grades and kid B has these low grades, the teacher subtly or not subtly, consciously or unconsciously, teaches those kids differently. And because of the expectation, Kid A, who was just as smart as Kid B at the end of the year, is a lot more elevated than Kid B. That's what happened to me. Maybe my third grade teacher, Mrs. Rule, by the way, that was her name, I still remember. Maybe she got, like, the wrong report on me and thought I was a troublemaker, but that was the year where somehow I could do no right. Yeah, this third grade. I survived it, but, you know, everybody has that one bad year, it seemed, huh? Yeah, well, I had a teacher, uh, oh my goodness, that was at St. Daniels. At who? Oh, oh, the, the, at St. Daniels, and I, I, oh. I used to live in the city, coach. You went and to a Catholic school? Teacher, yeah, this teacher absolutely, like, belittled me every single day. Every single day. It was, it was unbelievable. First grade, and my mom will still talk about this, how that, that teacher, like, my dad came in there and threatened her. <laughs> so, I like I hated going to school. I would just I don't know what it was. I guess I got the I was the one that she got the bad report on. First grade. Because in, in kindergarten I was a little bit rambunctious. <laughs> okay. How, how bad can you be? How much berating can there be of a first grader? That teacher needs well, some you, serious. I got to have my mom talk about it because my brother also went there. You know, so my brother was a little bit of a troublemaker, and plus all of a sudden I had like you know got into a little trouble as a, as a kindergartner. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, first grade, this woman just every day I went to class, she would like like yell and scream at me. I'm not kidding you, yell and scream at a first grader. Not right. So That's not I right. Didn't even, I, I would like not even go to class. Sometimes. What? Uh, seriously. What is that teacher's name? Because uh, producer David Olson has friends in high places. We'll track that lady down. Her name is Welty. 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 
Okay. She was young, though. That was her first year ever teaching. We'll find her. St. Daniel's School in Chicago, correct? Well, she's probably married by now. She was like 21 years old okay. at the time. We'll find her. If nothing else, we're going to uh, get her on the air, relay the story, and even if she doesn't remember you, uh, remember you, we'll make her feel real guilty about the situation, okay? That, that, was, that was, what, 32 years ago, Coach? Yeah. What's the problem with that? Well, there's, sure. There is no problem. I'm sure so. Mrs. Welke is alive and well. We'll find her. Welke. Well, <laughs> we'll make her pay for that. All right. My uh, mom says to kick you in the back of the head. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Real quick, also on the baseball front, baseball-related story, Big Dog, uh, Roger Clemens, the potential Hall of Fame pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, back in the limelight of the worst kind. Once again, apparently federal agents are, uh, federal grand jury, rather, calling him in for perjury to Congress. Big trouble for the Rocket. Your thoughts on that? Uh, he's an arrogant jerk, and he deserves exactly what he gets. Stop this beating around the bush asked, and tell us what you really feel. This guy asked to go in front of Congress to clear his name, and then he lies, and then he lied, and then he lied. Like all his other teammates, all his other stuff. That, that Everybody's lying except for Roger Clemens. In this. The only people I feel bad about are the Roger Clemens fans, people like my brother, who absolutely adored the guy. Okay, and then find out that this is the type of person that he is. That's because you know you never know about these athletes. You see a guy like Roger Clemens has this incredible work ethic. He's a he's a bulldog. He always gives his best out there, and then then you find out that he's a complete jerk. The guy said, "I didn't take human growth hormones. When I got those, they were for my wife." Do you remember? He actually said that. Coach, he threw his wife under the bus. Come on, come on. I bet if he gets caught too, that uh, the excuse. We'll be very much like Bill Clinton. I didn't have sex with this woman. He'll say, well, I never did human growth hormones. But, you know, whatever this particular drug was doesn't technically count as an HGH. He'll probably, he's probably already got that in the back of his mind. That would be my guess. Yeah, and it'll find out it's a horse derivative. <laughs> All right, so what are the odds they find him guilty? Do you see down the road as much as you dislike him as True radio professional being as objective as you can, Big Dog. Do you see Roger Clemens uh, behind the vertical bar? And uh, yes, he, he is going to have to spend some time in jail. And uh, you know, and before, it's not like I disliked him, Coach. When he was playing, I absolutely loved Roger Clemens. Mm-hmm. I, I've turned after he brought this upon himself. You know, for some weird reason, if they forced him to go on there and he made a stupid mistake of lying. In some weird way, uh, the government persecutes way too many people. I, I would understand it. But he is the one who demanded to speak in front of the Senate to clear his name. Don't forget that. Remember that, people. Mm-hmm. He's the one who wasted millions of dollars of taxpayers' money to clear his name, and he was lying. That's that's why I'm done with Roger Clemens right there. Okay. Legitimately, Coach, if they would have forced him to testify and all this stuff and he made the huge mistake of lying, I, I can kind of understand that. You, if you understand what I mean, he went out of his way to lie to the American people. Yep. Yep. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would agree with that. Uh, if folks, you want to comment on it again, our phone line's open, 888-463-674. The only part, I don't even know if disagree is the right word, but I, Roger Clemens, during his playing career, I always respected his ability, but I never liked the guy. I always thought he was a royal pain in the backside, and uh, even in his heyday when he was pitching well, and again, Guy was a phenomenal pitcher. There's no question about that. I never liked Roger Clemens as a player. 
I can I, I understand where you're coming from, Coach. Yep. Uh, all right, moving along. One hour show here. We got to keep moving. Another baseball related story, Big Dog. Very quickly, we still got to get to your do's and don'ts for the school kids out there. But um, Little League World Series starts this weekend now for the teams that have qualified. If you could, just a couple of quick thoughts. I know you've studied some of the teams, but uh, real quick synopsis of some of the teams that are playing, including Tom's River, New Jersey. Any chance for them, Big Dog? Uh, I would certainly hope so, and considering that haven't they won it already? They won that like five years ago. Great tradition in Tom's River. Yeah. How about so, uh, Perland, Texas? They've qualified as the round of eight for the United States. Uh, something tells me like the United States has won the last five in a row, and, and basically the reason why the United States has been winning lately is because they've been actually testing or making sure that the birth certificates of these other kids are actually accurate. Mm-hmm. So they're no longer playing against a bunch of 16-year-old Taiwanese kids. Okay. What about the you team know? from Plymouth, Minnesota? A lot of listeners out in the Minnesota area. You insulted them yesterday, as did Joe Colley of the Chicago Sun-Times. But now we're talking their Little League team, representing uh, Plymouth, Minnesota. What do you think about their chances? Well, they beat the Chicago team in the Great Lakes Championship, so I'm going to have to say they must be an extremely qualified team, and they, they probably have a chance to win. Coach. Nice to see you've done your research. What about Tokyo? They're in it in the uh, International Division Pool C. Tokyo, a lot of people say they're down this year. This is not the same Tokyo Little League team we've seen in previous years. Your thoughts? Well, I'm rooting for the moms and the big sisters of that team. <laughs> I could pursue that line of questioning, but why do I get the feeling I probably should not? Please don't. What about uh, Manati? What what uh, country does Manati represent? Lou Manati, coach. <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess and say that's probably not it. Vancouver. Vancouver of the British Columbia, possibly their first ever appearance in the Little League World Series, representing Canada. How about that, big dog? Is that what? No, seriously, what is Manati? What is that? I don't know. Can you spell it for me? M-A-N-A-T-I. It's probably some place in Italy, I think. Could be. Gotta be. There's also... They, you know, they have, they have Little League Baseball in Italy, Coach. It's I'm sure they do. a few European countries. It's like the Netherlands and Italy are the only like, countries that really have a large Little mm-hmm. League Baseball. Uh, uh, so, well, okay, never mind. We'll go to Vancouver. That's good. Oh, Vancouver. Oh, the British camp, by, by the way, speaking of the Netherlands, Dave, do I got it wrong? But wasn't the Netherlands voted the number one most livable country, or was it Finland? Uh, United States came in a very disappointing eleventh. Yeah, Denmark, um, Sweden was three. I think Finland might have been number one. Luxembourg was up there. Luxembourg too. was in the top ten. I don't know if you saw the study or not, Big Dog, but you know, uh, happiness of the people, economy, jobs. Quality of life, lack of crime. They threw a bunch of categories into it. Most livable countries in the world, and the United States, a disappointing 11th. I know you were shocked and dismayed. Zaire didn't make it? Zaire, I think, was honorable mention. All right, that's nice to know. (laughs) What about uh, Nueva Laredo? Any chance they could pull off the upset and win the whole darn thing? I, I like uh, old Laredo much better than Nueva Laredo, to be honest with you. <laughs> much more baseball tradition. All right. Little League World Series, we'll move on from that particular topic. I, it, it is entertaining to watch, and I'm sure you'll catch a glimpse as your channel flipping this weekend. Oh, no. I, if I if I actually had the time, Coach, I would watch a whole entire ball game. Mm-hmm. you, you got to love the fact that it's a six-inning game. Yep. 
It takes about an hour and a half, and the, it just keeps moving and moving and moving. It, it's funny, and those pitchers seem to throw strikes. Mm-hmm. And those, you know, those are entertaining games, coach. No leadoffs, no stealing. They have different rules than most of our listening audience's baseball house league. People think these are the top young players in the country. Well, they're not. They're of cities and communities that play under the Little League Incorporated baseball rules. Yes. So there's yeah. other extremely talented teams that are out there that just don't happen to play Little League uh, rules. The bases are much smaller. No leadoff. The pitching mount. The pitching rubber is much closer to the batter than most uh, age 12 house leagues in other communities around the United States. A lot of people not aware of that, but uh, if you follow Little League Inc.'s rules and you're part of their association, then you can play for the Little League Inc. World Series. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Uh, if you want to check in, you can also email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C and the number 2, David Olson. Yes. just wanted to confirm it is Finland. Finland number one. Finland number one, followed by Switzerland, Sweden, Austria, and Luxembourg. Austria number four. Australia. Australia. I was going to say Australia. Overrated. And that's that's based on education, health, quality of life, economic dynam, economics. Okay. Put it that way, and political environment. I did not hear female availability in those categories. But, yeah, you see a political environment. That's why the United States is number 11. Ah. You see that, big dog? There's a hitch yeah. to everything. So, basically, if you live in uh, Scandinavia, northern Europe, or you're a continent unto yourself, you have a chance to be in the top. Yeah, well, it's all – I mean, Norway was number six. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Scandinavia is looking pretty good these days. Yeah, and consider – Global warming keeps on happening. It's going to be like the beachfront of the world. There you have it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Australia, I've never been there. But what's Australia ranked? Number four? Number four, yeah. Number four. That, number that's four. a place that I've always wanted to visit, possibly even relocate to, Big Dog. I don't know if there's sports talk radio in Australia, but uh, if we could find a gig out there, that seems like a phenomenal continent slash country to move to. Would you care to, if I can find a gig out there, would you follow me? Yeah, just make sure it's way, 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 way southern Australia, Coach. I can't take the heat. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that that country is basically ninety percent desert. Okay, and it's really nice along the coastline, okay. especially yeah. the southern coastline. is supposed to be some of the most beautiful places in the world. So, yeah, they, they, yeah that's, that. that, that's what I've heard as well. My wife's best friend was married to an Australian. And she spent quite a bit of time there. She says, you know, okay. the coastline is beautiful, but it's like you go inland, okay. it's like it's so if we're going to do yeah. sports radio, we got to make sure it's uh, in beachfront area. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sydney, uh, okay. Melbourne, Melbourne, yeah. yeah. I'll work on a big dog. Sooner than later, you might be the voice of WMLB out in Australia. WMLB? Heck yeah. So Major League Baseball, Australia? No, Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Nice try, by the way. Hey, any interest on the Arlington Million? Is being held tomorrow, 5 o'clock, Comcast Sports Network, one of the big horse races in the Midwest. Any uh, interest in that big dog? I'm sure you're well aware. Yeah. Gio Ponte is the favorite in the Arlington Million. I, I'm just rooting for the gelding because I hate to think that there's a horse out there getting more than me. <laughs> Thank you for that horse racing expertise. Well, I mean, that's all, pretty much all I got. <laughs> also, exhibition games number two of the NFL season, our beloved Chicago Bear at home. 
First home game at Soldier Field, taking on the Oakland Raider minus Jamarcus Russell. Uh, Ronnie Santo, if you could, tell us a little bit about the visiting Oakland Raiders. Uh, well, I'm not going to do the, the Ronnie Santo thing. <laughs> I absolutely love football. Jeff Campbell, Jason Campbell, is now the quarterback for the for the Oakland Raiders, and this kid has a lot of talent. And you know what? It's hard to play quarterback in the NFL, so it might take you a couple of years. I think he's going to actually flourish with the Raiders. I don't know if it'll be early, but eventually by the end of the season, he's going to be playing well. And I'm telling you this straight up right now, the Raiders are actually back coach. The Raiders, the Lions, look for these teams. Look for a lot of teams that have been getting beat up the last 10 years or so mm-hmm. to turn around and have, and have a, a respectable season. And, and the Raiders are going to be one of them. The Raiders got a bunch of running backs. They've got a, a very, very, very good defense coach. Their problem has been that Jamarcus Russell has been their quarterback. And you, and you remember when – I'm not just starting to pick on Jamarcus Russell now. When they drafted him number one, I said they were moronic. Yep. You know, so they finally have a quarterback number one, and most importantly, that is a leader of men. The guy works his butt off, and he's smart. Jamarcus Russell took his paycheck and would go home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jason Campbell's a good kid, a leader. This is going to work out very well for the Raiders. And who cares about the, the the Bears win or the Raiders win? I can care less. All like 99% of what I want to find out about the Bears is everybody is healthy. The other 1% is, you know, is that kid that they put in that Lewis, uh, that Lance Lewis at right guard is going to be any good. Other mm-hmm. than that, I, I care less. Kind of honestly, see the coach. Offensive line as a whole start to, uh, not perfection, but start to gain a little dominance, gain a little edge, play a little bit with a little bit yeah. of uh, nasty. That's what we're looking for. That's going to be a yeah. key to the Bears' offense. By the way, in the uh, world of rotating and revolving door coaching staffs at the Oakland Raiders, as you were talking about them, I was trying to think in my head, but who was the current head coach of the uh, beloved Black and Silver? Um, uh, the the, the same guy. The, his name is... Not Tom Cable. Yeah, it's still Tom Cable, it isn't is. it? Yeah. For two years in a row? Yeah, that's that's, wow. that's what I was talking about. That's I was about to say, I was, he's the guy's name that doesn't make sense. Uh, like it's, it's said differently than it's spelled. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Tom Cable. Okay. All right. I'm just shocked that anybody has lasted more than a year under the uh, aged, if not mercurial, Al Davis. By the way, Ron Sano called in while you were describing it, even though you didn't want to do the Ron Santo, he did say uh, this about quarterback Jason Campbell. Uh-huh. Said he likes to keep the ball down, likes to Let get ahead in the count, and he likes to work quickly. That was Santo's comments on Oakland quarterback Jason Campbell. Well, so you know, wouldn't it, would it be for a quarterback? Uh, you know, <laughs> he likes to hit receivers in stride. He he likes to work with uh, short down and distance, <laughs> and uh, he likes to get protected. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you very much, That's Ron cool. Santo. All right, very good. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to wind up uh, today's show. David Olson, yes, sir. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Uh-oh. I don't know if you saw about the uh, extension that Kyle Orton was given by the Denver Broncos. Really? Yes. Yes, he was given a two-year extension. Okay. He's going to make $8.8 million this year. Per year? No, just this year. Just for this year. Just this year. I think it's two years at $12 million. Uh, it's two years 12.2 million dollars but it's mostly up front because he's got guaranteed money mm-hmm. coming this year he's going to make 8.8 million dollars this year which is going to be more than tom brady drew Brees, tony romo or jacob wow we're talking kyle orton kyle orton nice guy yep okay quarterback 8.8 
per year. Big Doug, you were a linebacker. Not, 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 per, not per year. For this season. But this season, he is going to make $8.8 million. Wow. Which means that he makes three-something next year, which means they can cut him and Tim Tebow takes over. And by the way, I'm going to tell you this, Coach. Everywhere Lance, uh, Kyle Orton goes, he wins. I know you don't like him that no, much. No, no, no. I never said that. He wins. No, no. I like Kyle Orton. The kid wins. I, I don't yeah. know what it is about the kid. He's a leader man. He 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 protects the football. And he can throw he can throw the medium range pass, which to me is what separates the good quarterbacks from the really or the average quarterbacks from the real good college or NFL quarterbacks. The guys who on third and thirteen, as long as you don't have Ron Turner or John Shoops calling the plays, can throw the ball and hit a receiver for a sixteen yard gain. A lot of quarterbacks can throw the bomb. A lot can throw the dump off. Very few can hit that mid-range pass. Kyle Orton can do that. I don't know if it's worth 8.8 mil, but I've always respected him for that ability. I'm just surprised that Breeze and those other guys and Tom Brady don't have contracts paying them at least $9 million this year. Kind of surprised about that. You were a high school linebacker, Big Doug. If only your dad knew back then, you would have been long snapping and... uh throwing medium-range passes. No, 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 Coach. I, I've got a really, really good arm, and if I went to a place that actually threw the ball, I would have played quarterback. There's no doubt about that. I'm not kidding. I would have played quarterback. Just so. uh, just real quick, once again, with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, you can imagine their contracts were front-loaded, too, because you get the signing bonus when you first sign the contract. Right. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a little front-loader right now, so we need to end this show uh, sooner rather than later. Have a great weekend, everybody. Big dog, thanks so much. Great week, and uh, behave yourself this weekend, will you please? I need to have some fun, Coach. Are you going to be front-loaded or back-loaded? I'll be playing football. (laughs) Have a great weekend, everybody. Monday at 10, we'll do it all over again.